Welcome to Bipolar Inquiry, drafting and crafting bipolar consciousness since 2016 by philosophizing, relanguaging, and harvesting mania's special messages, meaning visions, extraordinary experiences, ideas, insights, superpowers, possibilities, synchronicity, and parallel worlds. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information discussed on the show is not medical advice. Now, let's get started with this episode. if from the ocean when the waves come in if the sound is reflecting off the leaves shortly after or if the waves are sort of creating a wind that's making the leaves make that sound that is equivalent to the ocean waves so I hear the waves there and then I noticed I could hear the waves behind me And there's this direct interplay between the wave sound and the sound that the, f- the forest behind me is making. The maple trees. That's the only name of a tree I really know, except for pine. Pine and maple. But one doesn't need to know the names of things in order to appreciate them. Might be easier to appreciate them when we don't know the name. And we're so busy worried about what the names of things are and we're not looking at it. But as the waves get louder, the sound of the trees gets louder too. And it's really fascinating discovery. I don't know if it's the change in pressure that's causing that sound of the leaves or the wind or... I don't know, it can't really be the wind because unless wind is slightly coming in or the air is changing slightly with each wave and the air is counting is carrying the wave sound and then it's reflecting off the leaves and coming back sounds like such a boring thing to talk about right but when I heard that when I realized that it was really a remarkable thing something that I could sit here and observe for several hours. Just that one fascinating aspect of reality and I would listen in such a way that at some point I'd understand how it worked. Maybe it would take a minute, maybe it would take two hours, it doesn't really matter. Last night, I got away with taking one trazodone instead of one and a quarter, and I forgot to take glycine, and I still managed to fall asleep, and yesterday I felt quite tired, and today, after being awake for a little while, I felt tired again, so I decided to come have a rest at the beach. Yesterday, I was reading and reading, and I my brain eventually did feel energized and today I started reading again but I did have the intention to get outside because it's a nice day do some earthing 
breathing in the fresh ocean air, listening to the sounds of the waves, and now the waves being mirrored off the leaves of the trees. And I had a couple other things to say that I wrote down, but I forgot that notebook. So I'll talk about them later. Not today, not yesterday, but the day before, when I woke up, I immediately did a back bend in bed. This could be a sign that things are good. And I've been having some vivid dreams, not so much last night, but the two nights before I definitely did. I had this dream where I was in school and the two rows of students in front of me in like a lecture hall, they were all exterminated somehow. And I think it was ordered by like Trump or something. And then I, I knew this and everybody else was going to go back to class. And I was like, I'm not going back there. Like, screw this. But everyone else was just kind of like, whatever. And just went back and they could have been exterminated next. So it was really a strange, vivid dream. And I had that dream after I realized that I haven't had a dream where people are like chasing me or trying to kill me in years and years and years. I don't remember the last time. Unless like in the hospital or something, but those feel more like waking dream nightmare things. So my brain's trying to work out how this is related to dreams. It's really strange. And yesterday I felt really tired. I laid on the beach most of the day. And I didn't, I haven't been taking any upper vitamins like methylfolate or SAMe or anything like that, like uridine. Because I don't feel depressed. I just felt tired. And I could take tyrosine and that might give me a boost. But I want to be a little bit careful and not boost myself to the point where then there needs to be some kind of crash. After I get through the rest of this month, then I'll boost myself if I need to. But I don't know if I do need to, because today I feel like I have energy and got some things done, doing laundry, so I don't know. Because eight and a half months, if I count from when the last crisis happened, would be July 1st-ish. So I want to be careful up until that point. And last night I took 37 and a half milligrams of trazodone, which is good, it's three quarters of one. And then I'll go down to half tonight and then I might stay at half for a couple of days just because I don't want to take away the sleeping med totally when I'm at the point where it could be sort of real crisis point unless that was the crisis that I had and yeah 
that's where I'm at right now. I remember after I was diagnosed, I couldn't see these tendons for a really long time because I gained so much weight. And then I remember when I started getting a bit healthier, I could just start to see these tendons again. And I was so excited to see my own tendons. It's funny, I came down to the beach. I'd already walked back up, but I came back down because I felt like the sky was going to open up in an interesting way. And looks like an eye. And I've had a quite a bit of tense breathing these last few days. 40 minutes plus in three of the four last days, or four of the five, I'm not sure. Starting with the concert, maybe that changed my energy somewhat. But even I was sitting on a log up on a cliff and editing some of my nature videos and I was breathing tense and it's hard to know what that's about if it's that's not something I should be doing right now maybe I was also texting a friend so I'm trying to feel out what that was all about though I have had tense breathing when editing videos though I haven't been doing it that much not very much calm breathing, but lots of focused breathing while studying. And my breathing could be relatively faster because this place has a relatively slower, more eternal energy. Just like before I left, the few days before I left, I had a lot of calm breathing and I didn't feel calm. But here I feel calm, but it's saying it's tense, so it's kind of backwards. But I think that shows something about the relativity of consciousness.
Last night I took half a trazodone and all the other stuff that I usually take. And when I was falling asleep, at a certain point, I felt like I was grabbed and like I felt this shock in my brain like I was literally ripped out of myself and into a different reality like a nightmare it was a bad dream but it didn't feel like a dream it felt like some kind of in-between realm and I didn't feel like I was sleeping really but I didn't try to stop it even though I was aware I didn't I just let it go on I wasn't afraid of it even though it was scary what was happening and then I let the dream finish and then when it did finish I realized well I'm not quite sleeping so then I got up and took another half of trazodone so I went back to one whole trazodone so tonight I'll try three quarters of a trazodone and I might try two Benadryl or one and a half Benadryl to maybe up the Benadryl and down the trazodone but it's good to know that I can have that happen and just stay asleep even though I didn't feel like I was sleeping. I was dreaming awake but my body didn't wake up and get scared. So it stayed within the dream realm. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's like this real lucid dreaming realm. And so I got up and took the half of trazodone and then I did fall asleep for real. And I might have had weird dreams. And I didn't sleep as long. I woke up at 9 and I was still awake past midnight. So that's not like a 12 hour sleep. So I'm just sort of trying to figure this sleep thing out. And also I feel like my brain is trying to learn what this is all about like what it means I do feel like there's multiple layers to reality especially since that other weird experience I had two weeks ago where you know I was in some emptiness dimension and then trying to sleep and then realizing I was already asleep and then getting up it was really weird so there's there's multiple layers and today I took 500 milligrams of uridine and then one d-serine just because that kind of stuff that happened last night was a little bit psychotic if you want to call it that but it was within the dream realm it didn't translate back over into my waking body's realm so I'm wondering if it applies to Ken Wilber's work on the subtle, causal, and something body. Physical body, subtle body, and causal body? I don't know. It's like these layers. And so... Yeah. And I'm hearing the sound still and the circular movement of sitting like woo still goes on. That started when I was in California. And I'm wondering if I'm feeling less like talking 
on video and more like writing. And I'm feeling a little bit, I don't know if impatient is the word, but I need to keep going with these experiments until probably until April or May of next year to see how this stuff plays out. One thing I thought of was how I have all these supplements and I'm doing the supplement thing, but by going away to Peaceful Sanctuary, I'm not seeing if the supplements can help me and carry me through being in a regular environment. I don't know. That would be a different test. Because I'm wondering if they're helping. And I think they are because there's not the same level of fear which might arise when the body doesn't have enough nutrition. That is one of my theories. Yeah, I don't really... I have a few things to talk about, maybe. Oh, I started taking 25 milligrams of the Cal brand of lithium orotate at night because I ran out of the Hans Napier advanced research kind. And... Yeah, I'm not sure what all this tense breathing is about, but it's been a lot more lately. Yeah, that's kind of it. Last night I took three quarters of a trazodone, a Benadryl, and a half. And I didn't take Soplicone again. And I didn't have that scary ripping myself out of my body into a really bad dream that felt like I was still awake thing happen and I fell asleep relatively easily and I've been taking six of the Calbren lithium orotate probably about an hour before I take the other stuff because I take two zinc at night too and I'm thinking that might compete with the lithium a little bit plus I think taking the lithium to sort of knock myself out a little bit and then I take the other supplements and then I wait like 15 minutes and then I take the drugs. And then I get into bed. And the last two or three days I've been taking the midday dose of taurine. I haven't been taking that because it's something that I need to take on an empty stomach. So usually I have my dinner vitamins and I just eat and take the vitamins. So. Taking taurine on an empty stomach before the food takes a little bit of planning because I have to remember to take it and then wait to eat. So I took it probably like 10 minutes ago and then after I talk to myself, I will eat. And the last two nights I've been sleeping more like 9 hours instead of 10 to 12 and I do feel rested. The other day I felt so tired, I think it was Monday, so I literally laid on the beach all day and... I just felt tired, so that's what I did. And then I had a call on on Zoom that night, and it sort of woke me up because we were talking about passionate topics 
related to this sort of thing. And then, yeah, so I had that weird thing two nights ago with the falling asleep into a nightmare. And last night I was having dreams for sure, but they weren't. They were sleeping dreams and they weren't really scary. I don't remember what they were, but I remember there were dreams for sure. And today I got up and I just felt like getting stuff done. It felt kind of like when I have that energy to really get things done. And sometimes that's when I spend a lot more money. So today I spent like a hundred bucks at Costco and then $25 at another grocery store. And I bought, I went out twice. The first run I bought a bunch of food, probably a little bit too much. But I probably have food for a few days. Like I won't have to get anything else. And I'm really liking this kale salad. Like kale and cabbage and carrot chopped up. All chopped up together in a big clear bin. And it's only $6. And then I put some dressing on it that I got that's local dressing. But it has sulfites in it. So I'll probably get something else next time. So I got two of those kale salads and then I got enough broccoli for two broccoli and lentil or broccoli and chickpea meals. I got hummus at Costco. I got carrot sticks. I got organic grapes. I got organic cherries. I got apples and they weren't organic. I was hoping they would be because they are at the Costco near me. And I got the chia seed butter, nut butter, the mixture one. It's really tasty. I've been eating almond butter by the spoon. And I got some more Indian sauce, the green curry one from Costco. And I don't know what else. But then on my second trip out today, I went and I found the same shampoo that I'm using lately. It was only eight bucks. And I got another pack of pure gum, which is the aspartame free at Winners and I got this bathing suit because it has been on my list to get a new one. It was only 40 bucks. I hope the bottoms are tight enough. I don't love, love, love the style, but it fit better than any of the other ones at Sportcheck and I really didn't want to go to another place. I just wanted to get a bathing suit. Didn't really matter as long as it fit comfortably and this one does. So that works, that's done. And then I went to Best Buy and got a cord for my phone because I learned that if I plug it into a certain plug in the car, the map comes up on the screen. And this I did not know for the last two weeks. So sort of sitting the phone there and using it through Bluetooth. So it shows you what I know. And I learned how to change the fade and balance in the car and turn up the volume of the person speaking the directions, namely Siri. And that was helpful because those things were both bothering me. The Siri directions were really low. That's something I found out today when I plugged in the cord. So I also got stuff to make smoothies because I brought a case of coconut milk because I hadn't been making smoothies because I was... I was staying downstairs where there wasn't a kitchen to make smoothies. So I hadn't been using it. So I bought stuff to make smoothies. 
that's the thing. I returned a Vega powder. I hadn't opened it in maybe a month. But it was only a month old before that. Not even. I'd only used it a couple times and then didn't use it for a month. And I was using it here and it tasted rancid. Like it wasn't tasty at all. Usually it gives the smoothie a really nice vanilla flavor. But it wasn't doing that. So I realized, hey, I got this at Costco. I can return it. You don't even need a receipt. And I just told them it was rancid and it was. I probably got it, yeah, not even two months ago. And I've used that for a long time and that's never happened. So they took it back, which was nice. And then, yeah, I just did all these errands today. And I also ordered from Vitacost. They sent a coupon for shipping, free shipping to Canada over 50 bucks. And usually you have to spend like 100 So I don't know if it was good to do, but I bought... Taurine, because that one is something I need for sure. And I bought zinc, glycinate, and also the fish oil. Those are a few things that I don't want to run out of. And then I noticed that glycine powder was cheaper on Amazon. So I ordered that on Amazon as well as my salt toothpaste. I probably had another one at home, but I didn't bring it. I forgot. I forgot a few things. But I packed pretty well considering I was half out of it. And then I also went to a thrift store and got a little power bar. Because there's a plug in here that doesn't work. And then there's a plug underneath the desk that works. But then I need to plug like four things in. And there's only two. So I got a power bar used for like two bucks. That was awesome. That solves that problem. So my brain was just solving these little things that have piled up after being here and the first two weeks I literally had next to no food and I was making or having usually like hummus and carrot sticks for dinner and I did get hummus hummus and carrot sticks but I'll have the kale salad for dinner and the broccoli thing so I feel pretty much in the flow of what I would do with food here which is good because food is sometimes hard depending on what types of tools that you have. And here the fridge is kind of small, so I won't I shouldn't buy that much food. For sure because there's not enough space really to put all that food in the fridge. Though it will go down quickly because those kale salads take up a lot and then the spinach bins Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, my brain feels like it's functioning well and I'm feeling good getting stuff done. And tomorrow it's going to be kind of like today, a little on the cooler side, about 17 degrees. But then after tomorrow, it's going to go up to about 22. And it won't be as windy, I don't think. So I'll want to spend more time outside. So that's why I've been doing a lot of indoor stuff. And I did all these errands today. Because that's a good time to get done. Because I'll want to be outside. I have been kind of indoors for quite a few days. So now I'm going to go eat my kale salad. And it will be really good. And I do... I do want to get back into 
more raw and I'm doing pretty much mostly raw now except for the cooked dinner sometimes and the hummus and things like that so things are going pretty well and yeah looking forward to being outside in a few in a couple of days this is the kale salad look how big it is I'm wondering where all my calm breathing went. I looked at my spire summary for the week and I had like one hour of calm breathing where usually I have about two or so and then the average for women is two and a half hours or something like that and my tense breathing went way up to like four hours and the regular for women is like one hour. So I'm way above average on that. So I don't know if I'm more affected by things or what is happening with that. But my focus breathing went from six hours to like 10 or 11 hours because I've been doing a lot of reading. And the average for focus breathing is something like five hours, I can't remember. And in the last week, I was a lot less active. It's been a little bit on the cooler side here, so I've been staying inside too much and reading, but starting tomorrow, I'm gonna get outside more. And here is my spire summary. And a kind of magic thing happened. I was talking to someone here, and I told them about how when Eckhart Tolle in the book, The Power of Now said, ask yourself, I wonder what my next thought will be. When I did that, when I read the book over 10 years ago, it opened up a space in my mind of no thinking. And from that moment, I realized that I wasn't the chatter and that chattering didn't need to be going on. And I told that to someone and then they opened up the audiobook of the power now and just like randomly went to any point in the audiobook and they went exactly to the point of Eckhart Tolle saying that and they told me that the next day they told me that today I said the thing about the Eckhart Tolle example yesterday I think so that was kind of like magic because sometimes that happens where I point something out and then somehow it sort of manifests in that person's experience as salient, whether noticing it or in a gesture, like just randomly going to a point in the book and then it being there. And then what was also interesting was I was talking to the same person and we were outside and they noticed a rock with a happy face on it. And I've been taking pictures of rocks with happy faces. Well, this rock had a face she said, look, that rock has a face. So she's noticing something that I'm noticing and paying attention to. So that was really interesting. So I'm wondering if, if one points out a truth to someone or points someone towards truth. Because that's not really a truth, like, but it's a pointer to truth, that thing. So I'm pointing to a pointer. I'm pointing to Eckhart Tolle's pointer. And then something kind of magical and synchronistic happened. 
in that person's experience. And that happened to me a lot in California and pointing stuff out to people and then it sort of happens. Or thinking or having something come to mind and then pulling a book off the shelf and that exact phrase being there. So I'm realizing a lot of things that I've already realized, but I'm sort of realizing that if that is true, then is there something that can be sort of not done with it, but that's the wrong word, but it's along the lines of how I managed to get myself to a peaceful space and I'm still waiting another week or two to see if any kind of crisis takes place besides some of the weirdness trying to sleep. And if it doesn't happen, then maybe it's being in the right environment that's important at this time. So if I'm not in the right environment, I have to deal with a lot of drama of falling out of that energy of my life. So I don't know if this is escapism or if it is more the right environment. You know, so the right in the right environment, I can point out things and magical things happen and it doesn't seem weird. But in the wrong environment, when that movement from inside out starts happening and something comes to mind inside and then somebody around me that I know says it to me, so we're starting to really work as one, but when it's all a conditioned group of people, that's going to break. But when it's the right sort of community environment, then that energy sort of flows and flowers naturally. So what I'm trying to say is it doesn't work in the wrong environment and with people who aren't open to possibilities. And with people who are open to possibilities, it's really easy to see what's happening. And seeing it happening once or whatever isn't necessarily it. But other times when crazy stuff happens, people are like, ooh, that's crazy, I'm afraid, or I don't know what to say. Let's just ignore that and not share in that energy, not say anything, and just put all the energy back at the person who's trying to share it and then that is one of the factors that leads to it imploding as something like a mental illness. It's not an illness if people can share in that magic. But if one can't, if the people around them can't, then the journey back is kind of harsh for the one that is not trying to share. It can't help but be shared. So if other people want to kick the crap out of it, then the source kind of gets the crap kicked out of it, only temporarily. So,
And the other thing that I made note of was this person also shared that for 10 days, they've been able to sit down and study something without planning it or without thinking about it or without saying, okay, I'm going to do it in five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 20 minutes, and then not doing it. Just, oh, it's time to sit down and learn. And they do the lesson. And it was interesting to me because I've been here for 12 days and that's how I operate. I don't really think about anything. I just happen to sit down and do it. And I don't try to force myself. So it was interesting they were describing doing that one thing in that way. And so I'm starting to feel like the way one operates has an effect on the others around them. I have no idea. Time to take the vitamins and go to sleep. Good night. Stopped at a really nice view. I had major cramps this morning, so I had to take a bunch of anti-inflammatories. Feeling fine now, and I'm on my way up to see somebody that I know and have dinner, and thought I would stop at this viewpoint. It's really beautiful. And yesterday, same kind of dosage of all the meds, and I slept really well. Same with the night before. And I'm kind of wondering if all the organic cherries that I've been eating from Costco are playing a role in that. They're very anti-inflammatory. So having such a restful sleep and no real dreams, I don't know if it's just wearing itself out or if it's like having all those cherries and I don't know, could be some kind of clue. It'd be cool one day to make a simpler formulation for what could be helpful on certain days for this kind of condition of the brain. Oh, it's an eagle. I'm going in. 
Last night I fell asleep with only half a trazodone, though I felt like for part of the night I was sleeping, but not sleeping very deeply. But then after that, I did sleep. Yesterday I had a nice dinner out. Today I'm gonna get some sun. Tomorrow a friend of mine is gonna be in the area, so we're gonna hang out. I kinda wanna stay here longer. I think it's really good for my brain. This was the experiment to see if Getting away to a peaceful circumstance could be good. And it feels like it was the right choice, for sure. And the thing is that I won't know for another two weeks if that little thing was the crisis or not. But if it was, it wasn't much of anything. So by getting to peaceful circumstances, there's practically no crisis. And then if there's practically no crisis, one could get to a peaceful circumstance that one still has to work or something. Like there's that woofing, um, something like, I think it used to be called Willing Workers on Organic Farms. <sighs> But now it's a little bit different, but it's still called woofing. W W O O F I N G. So one could know when a crisis is and then make sure to be in like a peaceful farm, helping out on the farm instead of in a crazy city around people that are kind of triggering in the times of crisis. And the non times of crisis, those people are completely awesome. So the point is to not project those inner states onto outer people that we already know or we're already involved with because that's where we feel comfortable projecting just like how if one has a romantic relationship maybe both people in their friendship life and their work life and every other kind of life are like completely normal and fine and amiable and happy and content but then when they go back home to each other they bite each other's heads off so it's the same kind of thing with this whole bipolar when that negative energy comes it creates the whole projecting it on to you know family then one ends up in the hospital and sharing everything with doctors and it's not making sense and it's confusing and then then the individual is diagnosed with some kind of mental illness but one is overwhelmed and the stress is too much so so when one removes the stresses of the outer then the inner isn't as bad and I'm not saying that's the ultimate solution 
but we have to do things to figure out how to help ourselves unless we want to be in and out of the psych ward and get more and more post-hospitalization or hospitalization PTSD, which I think if one is living in fear of going back to the hospital because it's traumatizing, that could lead to increased possibility of suicide because if I don't if I think the treatments are worse or how I'm being treated in the hospital is worse than death, then it's going to increase the probability of that. So it was hard to get myself where I am, but as soon as I got myself here, it all went away. And I don't think that's escapism, I think it's intelligence. So we'll see. I'm gonna get out and get some sun and maybe do another dip later. This is my first time just getting up in the morning and dipping into the lake and what a cool way to start the morning in the summer. So testing this out, see how I like it. And now I know I can get in without much trouble because sometimes when there's a lot of people around it's sort of embarrassing to like dip one's tippy toe and be like oh, I can't get in but now I know I can get in so I could get a pool noodle and just float out wherever in the lake I wouldn't swim out too far on my own because I'm not the greatest swimmer I'm sort of a doggy paddler so I mainly want to get sun today though because it's gonna be really hot and then it's gonna cool down. Had another incident with dogs and I'm not mad I don't feel mad but I might have acted like I was mad but I wasn't mad it was I was laying on the rocks and there's just this little this rock that goes into the water so there's just a little ramp to get into the water there there's people having picnic and sitting reading their books and I'm kind of close to the ramp laying in the Sun and two girls come women, young women, and they decide that's a good place to train their dog to get in the water. Or whatever they were doing, I wasn't really looking. But there was a little path beside me, and I knew, dog going in and out of the water, they're going to shake. And so that happened, they shaked, and got water on me. And I said, ew, gross, or something, which was my reaction. And she said, luckily it's just lake water. And I'm like, well, in my mind, yeah, that's true. Not a big deal. And then the dog does it again. And I didn't really react. And then the dog does it a third time, like right beside me. I'm reading on my iPhone. Gets water all over me again. And my phone. And I don't have a waterproof phone. Wasn't that much water. But then I said, okay, I'm going to move. And then she just said, or I, at one point I said, you know, there are lots of open beaches that are really good for dogs. And she just said, awesome. 
which I'm fine with. Like, I'm fine with all her responses. And so I eventually said, okay, I'm going to move after the third shake when the dog was right beside me. And then maybe she said awesome again. I don't know. Or okay. And again, like, these are my responses, but I wasn't feeling mad inside at all. So now, the thing is, though, I knew the dog was going to shake and get me wet. So, new rule. If I'm sitting somewhere and something like that happens, I need to just get up and move right away. Because this person wasn't really considerate to the fact that it's a very small area, and if the dog's going to get out and immediately shake, it's going to get on the person laying there. And not everybody wants that. But this person seemed to think that that was just fine, and they seemed quite amused by my moving. So I'm glad I could be amusing to them. And again, not mad, but I don't know how many people would want to sit, continue laying in the sun, where a dog is going to get water all over them and their iPhone while they're trying to relax and read. So again, not mad early in the day it's not going to in any way affect my day but I knew it was gonna happen I didn't know they were gonna stay though so I could have just not said anything and got up and left that would have been better so this is the same kind of thing that happened when that dog came over and stuck his frothy drooly jowls in my backpack so I should have known to pick up my bag but I don't pick up my bag every time a dog walks by. It just, it's impossible. So, people with their dogs, it's just one of those things. Most people love dogs, but I still think it is a little inconsiderate. If I was training my dog to go in the water, I'd go to an open beach or an area where nobody was. So, yeah, that's fine. It was time to get up and walk anyway. And yeah, could be kind of a dumb reaction, but it's the same kind of thing. Okay, this is a good metaphor. I was talking with my brain twin about the idea of being okay with whatever is and being all spiritual about it. Like say one is in unideal circumstances and one just say, well, I'll just be fine with it. I'll just be spiritual and accept whatever is. And then there is the fact that we as human beings have the power to change our circumstances and our situation. So I could have just laid there for an hour being fine with this dog shaking its water all over me every, you know, two or three minutes. Um which is one way to approach it, but I didn't particularly want that. So I moved. I just said, okay, I'm moving. Like I didn't say like, okay. And then the dog, when I was getting, when I was getting my clothes on to move, it even shaked on me one more time. She said, sorry, like, cause she was walking by to get the thing they were throwing in the water. Um, and also she said sorry in a nice tone. I don't think she really meant it. It was more like what I'm doing with my dog is more important than your comfort. 
even though you were here first, but these are like the things we think in our head. So dog owners aren't aware that not everybody likes to pet dogs or touch dogs or have the dogs drool in their bag or shake water all over them when they found a nice spot. So anyway, point being, I have the power to move, so I moved, whatever. It's not about who won or lost, it's only about being able to change. So in that situation, I, I didn't wanna be like, I'm just gonna be spiritual and lay here with a dog shaking water all over me. Because I didn't particularly enjoy it. So I moved. So that's the sort of example. Yeah, one can be okay with certain things. And then I mentioned to my brain twin how Eckhart Tolle says, if you don't like something, change it. If you don't, if you can't change it, then we kind of have to accept it because, because that's what is. But if we can change it, we don't like something, we don't prefer it, we can. It's not a problem. So, but I think sometimes it's challenging. I remember when I was first diagnosed, it took me a while before I accepted that I had to go through this journey of taking meds and being involved in a mental health system and having a diagnosis, but once I did, I decided to have fun with it because part of me really wanted to say, screw this and jump on a train to California. But, you know, people would have come after me. I was labeled with a diagnosis. I would have had the police after me, you know, because I was labeled with diagnosis and I did something drastic like run away. So I had to accept that and go through it. And by doing that, I'm now able to relax by a lake with dogs shaking on me. And now I have the full freedom to get up and move if I don't prefer that situation. And that's the same thing I've been able to get to even with mental health services, starting to have a crisis instead of staying in that environment, which seemed to lead to crisis and having a crisis because of that, I managed to get myself the hell out of there. So it was sort of similar to how I wanted to take off for California right when I was diagnosed or even before I was trying to leave, but the universe wouldn't let me leave. It literally crushed me with gravity and left me laying there, breathing handcuffed to a balcony and then, before you know it, I was thrown in the mental health system. And I couldn't avoid it. But now, that's probably a snake. I've gotten to the point where when the crisis comes, I can get myself to a more ideal situation than um, right when it happened because I've learned so much. Before that, it wouldn't have been possible.
so yeah I think I'm gonna the other option I can do with this scenario is find a better place to relax than on like a little outcrop where there's not much space to move there isn't really much beach around this lake but it would perhaps be better to come here take a swim do a lap go for a shower and then if I want to relax in the sun there's a beach where I'm staying that nobody's on so there's no reason for me to put myself in this situation to get a little bit irritated and I wasn't even mad it was just a matter of watching it play out and then learning you know and everything is good Happy two-year Diavlog anniversary. I don't think I've used that term in a while. But today is June 20th, 2018. And two years ago, I started talking to myself on video. And the process kind of took on a life of its own. And I was doing that because I felt like there was a lot that I wanted to talk about and the easiest way to talk about all of it was to talk about it with myself on video. And it's been two years and I feel that the process has helped me stay out of the hospital because I was diagnosed bipolar. And since I've been doing this, talking with myself, I've managed to stay out of the hospital. So I don't know if it's one of the factors that has helped me, but I think it is possible. So I do want to continue with it in some capacity, but I don't know what because even though my phone says it has 40 gigabytes of space, it's sort of giving me trouble when I'm trying to save the videos. It's saying there's not enough space. So, I might switch to audio for a while, or maybe not talk to myself so much, but I'm wondering if it's still good to talk to myself every day because of how it's sort of like checking in with myself and 
keeping that relationship going that I've built with myself or with whatever. I'm not sure. I probably should keep it going. Maybe I'll just talk to myself a couple minutes a day and then string those together. Just talk about one insight a day or something. And I am still doing the process of taking less meds or what have you. And last night I took like two-thirds of a Benadryl and I took half a Trazodone and the two quetiapine and then the other stuff that I take that are supplements. And so I still should continue to track that process. I might have to remove more off my phone, that's all. So I can figure that out, I'll figure out what I want to do with that. And thinking about exploring other things to talk about. And this morning when I woke up, I started to get up and everything and then I felt so tired that I laid down. And I don't know if I was sleeping or what, but I could see things like that remote viewing thing was happening. I was sort of like looking into myself with closed eyes and I could see this energy which I can usually see. Even when I open my eyes I can see it. But it's more there when it's dark and my eyes are closed. And I was noticing that the patterns at that time sort of look like the curves of the brain. Like how the outside of the brain looks. And I was wondering if I was looking at my brain in a way. And then I was wondering if by looking at my brain and observing the energetic flow of it, if that somehow was healing to the brain. Like to look at the brain itself through the inner eyes, as opposed to looking at the images the brain is making. And then thinking one is thinking those images or thinking those thoughts. So I was really looking at what was there just as pure observation, not as an eye looking. And I noticed I saw a flash of an image of a dog and then a few minutes or like a minute or 30 seconds later I saw this in the brain energy I saw this movement of a pattern looking like a dog. So I don't know what I was seeing when I saw that flash of the dog but then I could see it and before years ago I remember when I was falling asleep I could see this energy in my brain because that started years before. It started in my early 20s. And I could see people dancing as I would fall off to sleep. Like that energy would turn into people dancing. And now it turns into all sorts of things. Oh, what a beautiful bird. And so I continue to watch the images forming. And some of it were, some of it was personal memories and then it changed and I was just watching different things like at one point I saw these fingers sort of like playing on a guitar fret it was very clear and then that when I would see it so clear and then pop out of it I guess maybe consciousness coming back to the body or something it would give me a bit of a jolt so it feels like that same sort of process is happening as was before like remote viewing and consciousness sort of 
leaving the body, if you will, and then coming back and that really startling the body. But this time I was exploring it as a fascinating process. And so when I came back to the body, like notice the felt sense of the body again, it just sort of went, and I was awake, you know, in this world where I noticed the body. And then consciousness would travel off again and there'd be like nothingness. And then I realized that by observing those, whatever it was I was seeing, and I don't, I wasn't seeing it through my physical eyes. And I, I think I was seeing other places and times. I was that, all I was, like I literally didn't exist in that moment. It was just that flash of whatever was seen in that empty space. There wasn't an eye seeing it. If the eye was thinking, I wouldn't be able to see those things because I would th be thinking about itself. So, and then I realized, or there was a realization that that process was so discontinuous. So if at one moment I was in my body, as a body, feeling sort of half asleep, half awake, like whew, and then the next a few moments later, I could all I could experience was this scene of whatever was seen, whatever was being seen. It was so discontinuous. So there was no continuity of self. It was popping in and out of seeing different something somewhere else or wherever. It's really hot. I'm going to take off this jacket. And then... I was listening to this audio on my on my iPhone and when I, I woke up, I was woken up by a phone call, but I woke up and I picked up Krishnamurti's notebook and I read the next bit where I left off and he said, the brain had lost all its responses. It was only an instrument of observation. It was seeing, not as a brain belonging to a particular person but a brain that is not conditioned by time-space as the essence of all brains. So I was feeling kind of like that's what I was coming to when I was observing this process happening was that the brain was an instrument of observation, not belonging to me. Like these observations had nothing to do with me and my past and my conditioning so it was interesting to me because that's literally what I saw my brain was doing when I was sort of observing this process or whatever was observing this process and and then I picked it up and read that kind of exact thing in the book that I had left off in so I think there's really something to this, this discontinuity and sometimes when I am awake I feel that tired and trying to figure out why, why is there this tiredness and so tiredness would make the body want to lay down so not resisting that and then maybe Maybe that's what the brain needs to process is some of that stuff, some of those images and just rest and be discontinuous. And I think that's part of what has been happening all along, but 
since I was so busy doing, doing, doing with that energy, didn't really give the opportunity to have these sort of days or hours of rest to observe whatever it is that the brain wanted to observe, not me and what I want to do. So I think there's a lot that could be understood from this. And so I want to try and figure out a way to communicate that to people or something. I really don't know what to do. But I feel a little bit more awake now and I'm going to go sit in the sun for a while and then go back up and eat dinner. just got a message from the mental health center. They were supposed to refer me from one city to another, but they were asking if I have a doctor that can dispense or prescribe my medications. So I think they're not going to refer me. I think they're going to say, you don't need it anymore. Probably because I haven't been hospitalized in two years. But I've still had a lot of challenges, so I guess I'm really on my own. It's just me and my meds. There's mosquitoes here. Last night, I think I hit the wall. Yesterday, I watched all of Netflix Wild Wild Country, the Osho story. And so I stayed up kind of late, like 12.30, and then I was trying to sleep. And I took my regular sleep stuff, and then all of a sudden I felt this wave of fear, and it felt like my heart was beating in a way, and it it beat it and like released this poison, like this black ink from my heart that then diffused through my whole body. I could feel it. And I felt terrified and before that would probably be heart pounding and then experiencing some scary stuff in mind. But there was nothing in mind. It was just the feeling of fear and that it felt like something was draining out of my heart and then spread out through my whole body and I I laid there with it I wanted to get up and take something but I laid there with it until it kind of stopped which took a few minutes and then I realized that every time I was trying to sleep my body would just jerk awake jerk awake and jerk awake and I couldn't sleep, so I got up and I took another whole trazodone. And then, I don't know, I think I tried to sleep and I couldn't, so I took a Zoblicone. And it was kind of terrifying because it made me feel like there's this poison in my body that
is gonna make me end my life and it felt like it was sort of like like one with my body so that when that impulse comes next time I don't know if I'll be able to stop it. I don't want to think in this way, but it really felt like it sort of sealed that as possible because now it's like it's in my body. And it's not something that that I can stop with my mind. I don't know if that's true. But then, I've gotten through this before. Yesterday I had it in my calendar, it said, beware of this night. So it's like I already knew. So yeah, I don't know if that's true. Hopefully it's not, but... I slept in until 12.38. So I did end up getting a good sleep. And then I've only been laying around watching the series Touch on Netflix. And it resonates with me because it's all about following signs and patterns and things that don't make sense linearly or logically but sort of make sense as they complete themselves. And they only complete themselves if we follow those signs. So my brain feels like it's not working. I was trying to read some of my notes about the balancing brain biochemistry stuff because I always forget certain things. It's hard to remember all of it. It's impossible. And something I read in there was that I could take up to 12 sunflower lecithin and during psychosis or whatever, if I need to sleep, and I've only been taking five, 
so I could probably try to play around with upping that and possibly falling asleep without the soplicone. And I didn't call the mental health center today and tell them about my doctor. I feel like I want to ask them to put soplicone on the prescription because at least it helps me sleep. And if I have to continue to really drug myself a lot until things get better, then that's what I have to do. So today, yesterday night was the 20th, and I think my actual crisis last time was October 17th. So October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. So that makes today eight months since the crisis, or eight and a half months since the first signs of it last time. So this is probably the real crisis because now it feels like my brain's not really working. Whereas before, my brain, it was working. So, I think the difference now would be tomorrow to see if I can start really boosting my brain. Like, taking more of the neuroplasticity ones or trying the dopamine. Booster, tyrosine, I haven't taken that in a month, but it could be good to boost it to be able to get stuff done. And now I'm here by myself in sanctuary, which is good. Today I took two serine, I took two SAMI, I took six uridine, so that's 1500 milligrams, because those are for the worst suicidal days. I'm having some suicidal thoughts. It just kind of sucks to have a brain that doesn't work congruently with the situation because I'm in a good situation right now, but my brain is choosing not to work 
that experience of that whatever coming out of my heart last night was really freaky. But you know, it's it's no more or less freaky than last time where I felt like I was killing myself in my brain but knew I was laying in the bed. Same, I had this fear and knew I'm just laying in this bed. We'll see how this next while goes. I've been watching that show Touch and just sort of crying. I cried through part of the first two episodes because it's so beautiful and things are meaningful. And the brain can't operate that way. Sometimes. So when one falls out of that, it's really painful. And the show talks about the little boy who's autistic. Feeling others' pain. And the patterns are to try to resolve that pain by resolving those situations. Which requires following the signs and I've talked about myself with myself before about how this sometimes feels like feeling others' pain too. And I don't know how to fix the pain that I've caused. And I know that ending my life won't make it better. But it feels like it could happen, and I won't necessarily want to do it, it's just might happen. It could just be how I feel right now. This is the time now where it could be three hard months, and then I'm feeling okay again.
We'll see how it goes. I'll see how I sleep tonight and then go from there. Tomorrow, I guess, I may as well experiment with a brain boost. See what happens. See if it makes a difference. There's no self there, but it feels like it right now. Changing the biomolecules changes the brain. I know now why that dog shook water all over me. It's because I was about to go into crisis and bad things happen. It's like I become a magnet for bad things. It's funny, after I talked to myself and cried, I got up and I cleaned a few dishes that were in my room and then I cleaned my toilet and then I ate some salad when I was only planning to eat some chia seed butter combination from Costco off a spoon. So and now I feel like I can continue to read some of the balancing brain biochemistry stuff which is good because I've been laying in bed all day watching that show and I could continue to lay there but my back eventually hurts so I think it's good to do other things and be sitting up for a while or go for a walk or something so I say all that stuff but I really don't know what's true and what's gonna happen I think Maybe I just need to cry sometimes, like Fight Club. And I think a lot of times the meds, they stop that from happening for a prolonged period of time. And then it still needs to come out at some point. So I'm thinking that it would be good to continue to talk to myself. Even though I don't really have much space on my phone. Today I'm thinking that I probably will go home after the week is over because I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I could always come back here possibly if it's not the right decision. But what's interesting is how I talked to myself and cried and then my brain went into being able to function for a little bit. So maybe that's a thing that I could try to do when I'm non-functional is talk to myself for a while and then see what happens. Maybe all of a sudden my brain is able to function because 
it's talked about some of what is there and a lot of it will be really self-centered stuff and I've tried to talk more about insights and meanings along the way or that's where my brain was at but I haven't talked as much about the self-centered stuff to myself in this way so I don't know We'll see. Last night I took 12 sunflower lecithin instead of 5 and I took 40 milligrams of lithium orotate instead of 30. My instructions say I can take 40 milligrams of lithium orotate for up to a month so I might do that. And I took stuff and then I waited to get tired. I actually watched TV. I watched that show Touch until I got tired and then put it down and went to sleep. I never usually do that, but I'm thinking that I should wait until I'm really, really tired before I get into bed and not lay there. At least that's how I'm feeling. And then yesterday I turned off, or the day before, I turned off the notifications for Spire, meaning it no longer would buzz if I had a streak. And I think the buzzing might interrupt the streak. So if I have a three minute focus streak and then it buzzes, it stops the streak. I had like 20 minute focus streaks yesterday. So I'm not sure what that was about. Maybe because I was laying watching TV and I was focused on it. I don't know. That's something I don't usually do, but I think it does make a difference to not have the notification on there. And so I didn't have to take Zoplicone last night and I took one Trazodone and one and a quarter of Benadryl. So tonight I'll try the same thing and I'll take, try to take half a Trazodone. And of course I took the two Quetiapine. I wish I didn't have to be on that for much longer. So it's been kind of a blur. I think yesterday and the two days before I watched TV most of the day. I did yesterday for sure. And the day before. And I was thinking, oh no, this is the beginning of my months of my brain not being able to function well. 
but I try to remove that sense of self commentating on the current experience because in a way that's part of what continues the self or so what I'm trying to say is this is the fact of laying around watching TV all day but the self comes in and makes a problem out of that and so I was wondering if the self making a problem out of that is part of what makes it a problem that continues so last night I did end up getting up and going to a meetup and it was interesting because I noticed that I really couldn't listen to what the audio was saying and usually I experience myself as being able to listen and I don't really miss a word anyone says. That's part of why I'm so sensitive is because I hear everything but I really noticed that my brain was wanting to go inward and sort of figure stuff out about my life and the past and maybe what to do next in terms of should I go back home or should I stay here longer and noticing that usually I don't get a chance to notice that but but by going to that group I really noticed that and then this morning I went to the group again and I noticed that my ability to listen was improving or I don't know if it was improving but I was able to listen I could hear that I was listening and when that hearing sort of disappears and goes inward I no longer can hear but then when I notice that I am hearing outwardly I notice that I was inward so it's kind of a weird phenomenon but that gave me the chance to notice how my brain being inward and trying to figure stuff out about my life as a self past present future continuity is sort of what was giving my brain the state of low energy it's part of it so by going with watching TV and not adding another layer to it of not only feeling bad inside so watching TV as a result as sort of an outer manifestation as a behavior of that by not adding the commentary of I don't like that I have low energy and I'm watching TV because I'm in a state where I'm not feeling energetic and so I can't really move so those are like three layers right there so by removing those layers today I went to those groups most of the day but I do feel like I have more energy like I don't feel like I have to go back right now and watch TV so yeah not making a problem out of it oh what's that what is that looks like tadpole let's see
Yep, it's alive. It has a stick in its mouth. I wonder if it's hurt. And last night, I again didn't take a Zoplicone, which is good, and I took 12 sunflower lecithin, and I took 40 milligrams of lithium orotate. Tonight, I might try taking a quarter of a trazodone, or maybe none, because if I'm able to take none and take more sunflower lecithin, then... I could go back on the St. John's wort and the tryptophan because those don't mix with SSRIs so I haven't been on those supplements in probably a month. I'm not sure. And then today that's something I did different which was I took a thousand milligrams of tyrosine. I think Having the depression show up a little bit, or the low energy, gives me the opportunity to see if the tyrosine can mitigate that, and if it doesn't cause too much in the way of sleeping problems. So tonight will be the test of, if I take 1000 milligrams of tyrosine, will that prevent me from sleeping at night? And then, so this is something I forgot to do or I didn't know to do was up the sunflower lecithin to that much. Maybe if I knew that when I had that weird crisis-y thing about a month ago, then maybe I could have taken way more of that. Though that voice did speak to me and said, you've taken too many supplements, you need to medicate yourself. I did try to take more supplements, it didn't help. So I think the medications do have a place but it would be nice to get that place down to next to nothing. I do want to kind of get off these antipsychotics. I don't know if it's possible. We'll see. Because being on them too long could really warp my brain. But maybe my brain needs to be warped. I don't know. And so yeah. Being able to navigate with these supplements and make it so it's not that bad. Because I know there's some programs out there, or a program at least, where they say be able to function in all states. Like when you're feeling awful, when you're feeling like you're in pain, like totally depressed or totally manic and all the different levels in between. But what if one could get rid of having to feel that intense pain? In order to do that, we need to surrender the intense joy, which that's the hard part to do, perhaps. And so people can learn to practice being able to function in all different 
states, but it'd be nice to, instead of learning how to function in all these states, learn which vitamins to take to be able to calm down, to be able to function instead of working against the gravity of these states. And then also being okay with some of it coming out that's not the greatest because we're so wanting to be continuous and consistent. And that's one of the problems is that we're not consistent, at least with this type of propensity of brain. And not adding that layer of judgment and trying to make it consistent on there could be something. And I am having a bit of a sense of this energy happening lately that might force me to do something harmful to myself. I don't think to others, but it was there just a little bit, just a tiny bit. And I don't know why I'm afraid of it when I've experienced that a lot before, but it's mainly been, well, it's always towards myself. It's not towards others, except for maybe yelling at some people sometimes, but not like physical harm. But I felt this energy trying to take me over and maybe create physical harm. So I don't know what that's about. But I think it's part of this, I think it's part of a trick. I think once one gets close to learning how to navigate in these powerfully energetic states, there's some energy that wants to come in to destroy that. There's an energy that wants to come in and whatever body that's manifesting in, destroy that body. Whether it's through suicide, whether it's through acting out some kind of violence, so then one gets into the criminal justice system and so I don't know what that's about but it felt really intense and it made me feel like oh I might need that zap strap but then it'd be hard not to convince people to take me to the psych ward or something so I don't know what that's about, but I got to watch that. And also, oh, I think a bird just ate something out of the little lake. So getting executive functioning back a little bit would be good. and. If I'm able to boost dopamine and able to do that, I know a long time ago I used to talk about how dopamine's not good in a way, but we do kind of need it. Oh, little birdie. We do need it for sure, but um, I think part of it would be not to drive pleasure from the functioning. That's another level, like one can function and then one can seek reward in what how one functions and that could be part of what's not good. But there was something else to 
I do think I need to talk to myself more and that's one of the reasons why I might want to go home is because I have good Wi-Fi and it's easier to talk to myself lots and do that but I think I want to start showing more the discontinuity and it's not like oh because I've been not showing some of the discontinuity I have but there hasn't been as much but if I choose to taper off the antipsychotics and also rely more on the daily use of these supplements there is discontinuity like there's no self there and part of how we manifest is depending on what biomolecules are are in our system and it seems that I need to take high doses of certain biomolecules in order to manifest as being okay with the status quo like to remain calm and things like that and that's fine and there's also in understanding some of these experiences that this physical body isn't that real and there's multiple layers I think I went through a time warp recently and man it was weird so I think if say I died in this physical manifestation I'd probably wake up from a dream and then go on and that might actually lead to a better trajectory of life so I have this feeling like I'm trying to keep myself alive and it's really hard and I'm trying to keep myself alive for the sake of others who probably want me alive and I think that's a conversation I need to have I think I need to say it's really hard to keep myself alive and I'm doing it a lot for your sake because I'm pretty sure if I ended my life it wouldn't be over it would just be over for you experiencing me but then maybe if I'm okay with the discontinuity being okay manifesting as a bitch in some situations that at least those people still get to experience me because if I decided okay I'm done with this experience they wouldn't get to experience me and I'm not really attached to whether I'm here or not so that could be one of the reasons why the body's trying to destroy itself because it knows there's another level of reality and if it can destroy this one for real for good it won't have to keep coming back and manifesting so inconsistently but I don't know if it's destroying the body or destroying those elements that contrive the body in those scenarios. So I don't know. I can't necessarily believe anything. I don't want to believe those things because that could be part of the trap of trying to end this existence. So to believe that definitely there would be a continuance of some kind could be a trap, could be part of the trap. But then the thing is that I'm talking about discontinuity. There is no, there is no continuity. So even death is part of the discontinuity. So even in the life that I experience, it's not continuous and it's not all the same 
thing. It's not. I manifest in certain ways around certain people. And I'm wondering if not having to be in those scenarios would lead it to being more comfortable and continuous because I'm uncomfortable in those scenarios. Because certain people want me to function in a certain way and I know that I can't right now. And I can't prove that beforehand. I need... I need what I need or I will check out. Enough about that. The show that I'm watching, Touch, which is about an autistic boy who communicates with his dad through numbers and when his dad follows the numbers he helps to heal some kind of relationship between people. Or people connect because he was there and he's able to connect them and all these different things unfold. And the reason he does it, because if he doesn't, his son will experience pain. And his son doesn't speak in the show yet. But what's interesting to me is that I just started watching this show, but I've been talking about this very phenomenon that they are making into a show, <laughs> into entertainment, which I think is real. Not that all kids would communicate the way this kid is on the show, but they're experiencing the pain of the world and that's why their brains aren't flowering and working because there's so much pain in the world and it's adding up so much that there's just this cloud of darkness that the human brain can't flower out of anymore at the same in the same way so the degeneration of the brain is only going to get worse and worse and worse and there's going to be more and more children like this they're not even going to be able to communicate and and the solution is partly what's said in the show they're there to teach us that the world the whole design of the world is wrong and it's creating a wrong energy and now the generations of children are being affected and it's not a Newtonian effect it's an effect in the field, in the morphogenetic field, in the quantum field, whatever you want to call it. It's making it impossible. So quantum physics is something about possibility. It's making it impossible for kids to, to flower and grow and develop because of the whole field of the world. Not the genetics of the parents or, you know, even vaccines to a certain extent, though that causing Part of the damage is what changes the field. If we're going to damage children in this way, they're not going to... They're going to be in pain and agony and screaming. They're screaming for the whole world, not for themselves. What have they gone through? They don't have a personal history to scream about. But it's the whole of humanity. And they are showing us that. So it's interesting that they created a show like this we have to learn from them. You know, if they're, we learn that they're hypersensitive to things, we have to change the environment. It's not loving enough. It's not, it's not enough anymore for more human beings to want to manifest on this planet. So, 
it's interesting that they make a show out of that. Like they make out of a, a show out of a lot of phenomena that have truth to it. You know, these producers are basically saying that we know that the pain of the world and things aren't separate is what's part of what is leading to children manifesting that way. And it happens around the time when they should start to develop an ego and they're refusing the ego. They're refusing the ego way of functioning and they're kicking and screaming and they're demanding a different way of functioning based on love. The ego is not based on love. The whole world needs to be based on love. So to me, I sometimes don't like it when they turn truth into entertainment and then we think that it's just entertainment and it's not really how it works. If we saw the implication of how the father is loving his child unconditionally, including not needing him to speak, learning from the child, following the child, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. But we, again, try to program kids to be the way we want them to, not the way they're born. And it points to something else that I was saying too, which was they have capacities beyond what we are seeing, but since we squash them into our mold, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be able to flower. So, yeah, that's sometimes why I can't watch TV. It's because a lot of those phenomena that they create as this mysterious, magical, out there entertainment is partly how the world can work and could work. You know, the more of the pain that we healed between people, the less trouble would manifest because it all is in the field. And then it makes me wonder if I tried to correct certain things, if that would have an effect. I don't know how to correct certain things. But it does make me want to do the whole wander with love thing. But sometimes I do that. I go into a space where I drop quarters on the ground so people pick them up and feel lucky. And it's not much, but it really doesn't take much for people to feel that magic and mystery and warmth and love. And so getting people to feel that without even seeing the result would be really cool so I might do that because my brain it just can't work in terms of linear functioning so if I move based on possibility perhaps things would be different and I say that and I've said that in the past and I am kind of doing that but right now I'm trying to isolate the factors that cause some of this manifestation of, of trouble for oneself. And it's feeling, it's feeling like I'm learning a lot, but it feels selfish. It still is something that is for the comfort of the self. So I'm, I do feel I will get to a point when I've learned to navigate this to some extent where I need to sort of let go and go into the world of possibility which has nothing to do with the world of the self and then 
use the supplements to help you sleep and navigate and yeah so that show is inspiring me to go into magic a bit and if my brain is able to function with the tyrosine then hopefully I will be able to do that but it's hard to keep myself alive and right now it's about keeping myself alive long enough to figure out how to how to function how to navigate how to be discontinuous though it's not how because that's kind of how it is see how it goes And the other thing, I'm considering going fruitarian after I run out of cooked food. I don't usually force myself to do things and I don't know if I'm going to force that, but I think eating only fruit would turn me into a fruit. Like a happy, fluid person. And it's not anything that's going to take energy away from me. So that might be helpful in maintaining energy levels. So we'll see. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness, embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you.